The big question is, how does someone with MS actually improve their mobility, strength, energy, independence, the list goes on. My name is Dr. Gretchen Hawley, physical therapist and multiple sclerosis specialist. Welcome to the Missing Link Podcast. Tune in as I share the top strategies and exercises to help you gain control over your life with MS using research-driven insights and advice from top industry experts. Whether you're newly diagnosed or have had MS for over 30 years, whether you have relapsing MS or progressive MS, this podcast is for you. You're sure to feel empowered and inspired after each episode. Ready? Let's dive in. Thank you so much for tuning in and welcome back. I am joined today by Julie Stam. Julie is a mother with multiple sclerosis who recently wrote the book, Some Days, a tale of love, ice cream, and my mom's chronic illness. Julie brings her personal battles and experiences with multiple sclerosis to the story, and each page is based on an actual moment lived by the author and her son. Julie takes the dark, negative tone associated with chronic illness and turns it into uplifting empowerment for the reader. In today's episode, Julie and I talk about her book, as well as the importance of destigmatizing chronic illness from a young age. And just a reminder to my listeners, if you're not already in my Facebook group called Multiple Sclerosis Wellness and Support, definitely consider checking it out. I share resources like this book, as well as MS-specific exercises, motivational quotes, and live Q&As. I would absolutely love to have you in there and help you feel more in control over your MS. I will put the links to this Facebook group in the show notes. Julie, thank you so much for being here with me today. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to finally connect with you. I know. I'm so excited. So we are going to be talking all about your book some days, but before we do, I'd love to ask you a question from my interview deck to help our listeners get to know you a little better. <laughs> a little nervous, but okay. <laughs> all right. So let's see. I'm shuffling. Your question is, what's something weird you do before bedtime? Oh, um, <laughs> oh, a lot. Um, I actually sleep in my clothes. I don't change into pajamas, so that's pretty weird. Um, but something weird that I do is I make up stories for my son, um, and they're usually pretty off the wall <laughs> stories. I love that. Do you have a theme of your stories, or are they just all really random from one another? And random. Last night it was about a cheerleader that went on a mission. They come out, they just pop in my head. So there's always a pretty wild story that comes up that winds up putting him to sleep. So yeah, so I'm maybe obviously another, captivating. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe another book in the future then potentially with all these ideas. Oh yeah. Well, it's already in the works. So awesome. Yeah. So, okay. I have so many thoughts about your book that I cannot wait to share with you, but before we do that, can you give our listeners a little background on who you are and really what gave you the motivation to write a book? So I'm Julie Stam, and I was diagnosed in 2007. It took a really long time to get diagnosed. So when I was diagnosed, I was really relieved just to have an answer. And from there, because it took so long, I decided to become an advocate. I decided that I wasn't going to let other people go through what I went through and the dismissal, the 
it's just not acceptable. So, and we live in such a different time now. You know, I wish I had the resources that they're available now 15 years ago, but I'm still an advocate. And when my son was born, I decided I'm going to be an advocate for him because it's really important for our children to see this not as a burden, but as something that empowers them and teaches them to be more empathetic. And just like we all live with the disease, everyone that lives in this house, because they're living with me and my limitations sometimes are theirs. But I think when my son was born, I decided to focus more on children of parent people with MS. I love that. And you know, there tends to be a whole lot of stigma around any type of chronic illness, specifically ones that have visible symptoms yeah. with mobility, you know, using a walker or a wheelchair. Uh, there tends to be some stigma around that. And one thing I absolutely love about your book is that there's no stigma. It's like any type of symptom you mentioned, like fatigue or heat intolerance, urinary urgency, it's a superpower. Yeah. And, and, and you make it into an adventure. I love how you're able to, to talk about it in that way. Have you always been that way or how did that come I about? Think, I think Jack is really, my son is really the author of this book because these days to me are my worst days. The days that I cried myself to sleep, like, oh, I'm a terrible mom. But when I talked to him about these days, he saw them as adventures. So he really changed how I how I had so much guilt. These are the nights that I would stay up and be like, I failed, you know, I let him down. He never saw it that way. So it really changed my whole perspective of how, you know, mothering and mothering with a chronic illness, because I think we all are just have so much guilt all the time. Any parent, well, everyone for everything, you know, we just, did I give enough vegetables? Did I do this right? Um, but I think when we actually stop and listen to our kids, it's amazing. They see everything different, you know, like potholes are, you know, Ninja Turtle portals or, or even just, a, you know, a teleportation device. They just see the world different. So I think it's really important for us to just listen more to them. Yeah. And I think that comes through in your book. When I was reading it, I read it just on my own first. I also shared it with my nephew. Okay. And when I was reading it, I felt like it makes me think in a more creative way. Like, oh, Wow, that's a fun way to think of that. And you know, he my nephew's only one and a half, so he probably doesn't really understand it yet, but it gives kids a way to view something as well, something that might be a little bit different than what they've seen elsewhere. And I think that creativity is so empowering. It's such a different perspective that we don't see as often. I think that's my favorite part of the feedback that we're getting from the book is that children are we're normalizing it. We're like there, we all have differences. We did a reading at my son's school and all the kids were like, that's you, you're the super mom. And like, you know, and it's good because they have to, under, everyone has something like, you know, whether it be depression or everyone has something that they're battling. So it's really important to teach the children that can't necessarily always tell, you know, they didn't know that I was dealing with these things, but it's okay. And then you see that we deal with them and we get through it. And that's the most important thing. Yes. And you also point out that each day is different in the book. You mentioned how, well, why it mentions how sometimes Rosie is running around and other times you're scooting on the floor and it's a train. And yeah. so I love, oh, and then there's the cane and you're casting spells. So I love that you share that it is possible where every day can be different. It's not as streamlined as, okay, this person uses a cane and that's just, that's just how it is for this person. Right. And just like, you know, if you go to the airport and you have to conserve your energy and you need to use a wheelchair for that specific day, you know, we change and we need different things. And I think the key is to show that no matter how it changes, 
you're going to adjust and you're going to be okay. Yes. And while MS is or can be a fearful disease, your book doesn't make it sound scary. It doesn't make it a scary disease. You know, there's a part of the book where you go to the hospital, but it's specifically not a scary experience. I think you had said you went to the hospital, but not because you're hurt, but because you need your special medicines, like you need guidance. Yeah. And I think that's important. This book would be different if it was geared towards a 15 year old or if it was geared towards a 30 year old. So I think at this age, they just need to know that their parents are okay and they're going to do their best and that they love them completely. And they don't need to know about demyelination or relapses or all the stuff that is terrifying about the disease. It's funny, I'm working on the second book and um, I talked to my son about it and I'm like, what do you think chronic means? Which is actually like in this book, chronic. And he was like, I'm not sure. And I couldn't believe it. So it's really important for us to talk to our children about like these words that that they need to learn because chronic could be a scary word to a kid unless they know what it really means. Yeah, I love that. And honestly, even adults, I think even using these types of words where it's easily understood around adults is still helpful. Like kids Mm. for sure, but so many words are thrown out, especially the older we get, that makes it sound more intricate than it really is. It's just laid out nice and simple. Thank you. I'm really excited. I love that kids are able to see themselves. So there's like a free downloadable coloring book page so they can color themselves in. So, you know, because in an ideal world, you'd be able to change the mom to be a man, a dad and the kid to be a, a the boy to be a girl, but um, that's not always possible. So I, I at least have a free coloring book page that people can color in, change their skin color, hair color, and all that fun stuff. Awesome. Where, where can we find that? Um, that is actually the illustrator. It's on her website, uh, Shamisa Kellogg. She has, it's just okay. a free download, you know, because my son has blonde hair. So he, uh, he wanted to color himself in blonde. He did not. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it, it was very important that he saw himself represented because it's, it's his book. I love that idea. And I'll put for our listeners, I'll put that link in the show notes if you do want access to that. Thank you. And so Julie, you had mentioned too that you feel like, and I think a lot of us can relate to this, but you feel like you have a lot of anxiety and that it can be easy to hide the anxiety from the world, cover it up with a smile and, and confidence. Can you speak to that a little bit and what you're doing and how that relates to the book? I think it's hard because you can hide it. And I don't think I've always had anxiety, but I think when my son was born that elevated because he's like my most important thing. And I worry constantly about him. I would tell doctors about this and they'd be like, they'd look at me because I smile nonstop and I'm happy, but that doesn't change the fact that I have anxiety. So it literally took one month ago today, I just started my first antidepressant because it's become overwhelming. And I did a post about it and I I was surprised how many people are like, oh my gosh, I've been doing that. I've been on something, you know, of course you need that. This is, you have so much going on. And I hope that people, if they feel the way I have felt, go to their doctors and talk to their doctors about getting something to hopefully like bring you from here to like just normal, not so worried all the time. Cause I think it is sometimes overwhelming, not only the disease, cause that I feel like I'm used to, but I think just life in general, like a pandemic, a possible war. <laughs> Being a mom, you know, all of that really does weigh on us. 
Yeah. And I think, you know, that kind of goes hand in hand with your book as well. There's so many things that can help that are, that are out there available to us, but being an advocate for yourself and knowing when it's not normal. And, you know, that can be hard because if you have anxiety for a really long time, that is now your normal. It feels that way at least. So it can be hard to kind of tweak your mindset of, oh, wait, maybe this isn't normal. Should I go see my doctor about this? Or whether it's anxiety or mobility, if you're used to tripping or falling, then maybe you think, oh, this is just my normal. And you're not necessarily thinking about which mobility aids may be best on certain days. Right. And then we can be stubborn about it. All of us, everyone in the world can be stubborn and you don't want to give in, but at like what cost, (laughs) you know? Yes. Um, there's so much, you know, like I have to use catheters and people have a certain image of what that looks like. I'm not what that image is, but it gives me freedom. It gives me control of my life. And I, you know, when I met Adam, my partner, he, he was like, isn't it kind of like needing glasses to see? And I was like, this is the type of people we need in the world. Like, instead of being like, ew, or, you know, oh, she's in a wheelchair. I can't make eye contact with her or, oh, she's using a walking stick. That's not cool, but you can make it cool. You have to change the image. Because if you see it that way, the world is going to see it that way. So I think the way you go out there and just rock it, even if it's hard, because it's going to be, you're going to have moments where you're like, I can't believe this is where I am at, you know, or why I'm doing this, but then empower yourself. Yes, absolutely. And I love that now there are more programs and services out there specifically for mobility aids where you can tweak them to your personality. I have a Neo walk walking stick in my background here and I chose to make it a hot pink one. And I chose the bubbles on the inside and green on the top because I just like bright colors and it makes me happy. I think knowing that those options are out there to match your personality or match how you want to look that day can also be helpful because mobility aids in itself. I mean, we could talk a whole separate episode about that. A lot of people think, oh, it's going to be like the ones you'd get in a nursing home. And that's not the case. And, and, you know, I'm, I'm still very stubborn with that. Like I used the stroller till he was five because it was helpful to have the stroller, you know, like the grocery store, I always have the cart because it's helpful, you know? So there are little tweaks and, you know, Adam's always on my left side and I'm always holding on. I think we all have that little stubbornness in us that we want to hold on to a certain image, but I always say that I'm going to do whatever I need to to maintain the best life for Jack. Yes. So your, your current book, your first book is called Some Days, A Tale of Love, Ice Cream, and My Mom's Chronic Illness. And I will put the link uh, in the show notes for anyone who wants to go purchase it. Such a good book. Um, also, I'm a huge fan of ice cream. So I love that you put yeah. that in there. And if, if you don't want to purchase it, request it at your library. You can borrow it oh, too. Awesome. So, oh, that's um, good to know. Can you give us a glimpse as to what your, I think you said you're going to have two, a second and a third book as well. Can you share anything about those? So the second one, the manuscript is in. So that's exciting. That should be out next fall. That's for actually a little younger audience than this, because I think it's important to start young. I think the world is becoming more inclusive and I'm going to change like the stigma related to walking devices, mobility devices, and just having a chronic illness and all the things, we all have something. And, you know, everyone can smile and look perfect and have the perfect Instagram posts, but we all know behind the scenes, it's not necessarily <laughs> always great. So I think just introducing that early on that it's okay not to be okay is important. 
And then I hope for the third to be for a little bit older because I want one for Jack when he's a little bit older. I like that. So, so three different age groups. Yeah. Oh, that, I love that. That's so true. I mean, if you can teach someone to view a chronic illness in this way at any time, but if they're younger and they grow up thinking this is the new norm, how great would that be? Then you're not trying to change something that they already view in a different way. They are already viewing it in this better way. Like an empathetic way, just going about life in general with more yeah. empathy can't hurt. So right. I, that's my mission. You know, I did a reading for seniors at the library and I was really surprised at how much they appreciated it. I think there's going to be lessons in each. So I think even the one that's really zero to five that's coming out, I think there will be lessons in there for adults as well. Awesome. So when and where should we find you if we do want to stay up to date with these things? That would be great. So I'm on Instagram and my handle is I-M-A-M-S-T-A-M-M. S-T-A-M-M. And you can message me there. I respond to everyone. So it might take a minute, but I do. And then um, you can always email me at info at somedayswe.com. Sounds great. And I'll put those in the show notes again, if anyone's driving or uh, just listening, you can look there (laughs) later to grab those. And one final question for you, is there anything, any message that you want to leave our listeners with? I think my most important lesson is talk to your children because until I started to really, I mean, I always listened to them, but I didn't ask them about those bad days. And when I finally did, it really empowered me and it made me feel a lot more at peace with how I'm being a mom with a chronic illness and how it's impacting his life. Because that one party that he missed, you know, and we've had hundreds of ball pit baths in place of it to make up for it. That's what he remembers, not the party. He remembers the memories that we create together. So don't be so hard on yourself would be my message. That's a great message. And I think one thing that a lot of people with MS share with me in terms of how they want to feel is more hopeful, more empowered, more free. And I think your book offers those emotions. So I would definitely suggest getting the book. Again, I'll share the link in the show notes, but awesome job. And thank you so much for being here with me today. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to today's show. I am so grateful to have you as a listener. If you'd like extra resources, such as a video of one of my seated exercise classes, my favorite core exercises, and the opportunity to ask me your questions, head to missinglink.com forward slash insider. That link will be shared in the show notes along with links to my social media handles. If you loved this episode and think a friend or family member with MS would benefit from listening, please go ahead and text or email this podcast to them right now. Sharing this podcast will help me educate and empower as many MS warriors as possible. Thanks again for joining and be sure to tune in next week for another episode of the Missing Link Podcast.